I'm not going to dog on it. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> good, not great. Somewhere in there. What's your shirt there, Phoenix? I'll show you in about 20 seconds. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, dark territory. I know she's not deaf or dumb or retarded or anything. Ordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone decade previous, he pushed his buttons and a nightmarish moment later, woke up to find that he had set the clock back a thousand years. His engines, his medicines, his science were buried in a mass tomb, covered over by the biggest gravedigger of them all, a bomb. And this is the earth ten years later, a fragment of what was once a hole, a remnant of what was once a race. The year is 1974. <laughs> And this is the Twilight Zone. Hello, citizens. Welcome to Hello, David, the Twilight Zone Review. Episode 163 for 507, The Old Man in the Cave. I'm Phoenix West. I'm Franklin. I'm Adam Wilcox. Thanks for joining us again, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me back on. I think we caught you off guard today by telling you what episode we're doing. <laughs> Luckily, you watched it last week. I didn't even know what show we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thought we were doing our LAW Tales in the Crypt review. That's next. That'll be after. But yeah, we were kind of discussing the episode beforehand, not too much in detail, but I, I guess let's we'll start with um, overall impressions of the episode. I thought it was good, not great. That's about it. Frank? I mean, yeah, like, good, not great. Um Definitely better than most, but not as good as some. I always felt that James Coburn was discount Lee Marvin. Like, I always think Lee Marvin is like a way better actor, but James Coburn got all the big parts back then. So he must have knew some people. I like Coburn more only because you can tell he's got his shit together. He cares about what he does. Lee Marvin it was just a big joke to him, so he just didn't care. <laughs> Lee Marvin was in a couple episodes. He's in uh, the yeah. Steel that we did with you, Adam. And you, right, the robot one. Yeah. He was the one that was in uh, the grave, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Look, my, look at my jacket thing that I'm wearing. The wind's <laughs> blowing that way. What was, her, what was her stupid name? Start with an O. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Olicious? Something. I don't I fucking care. She was a witch. It was so dumb. That episode's stupid. I love that episode. I, I still put that at... I, uh, I, I kind of went off yesterday. I, yeah, Con, what? something. Yeah, he no, was that, he was Connie, but she her name was like, oh, something, something. But uh, yesterday I, sa I sat down and I put all three, or all the episodes that we've reviewed so far into three categories. I, I briefly touched on it before, Frank. And I put them in like... Uh, I was going off... Uh, what's his name? Three-tier thing. You know, top tier, middle tier, bottom tier. So I did that, and then I, I sorted them in there. And I got way more in the in the tier two than I do in any other bucket. It's kind of like <laughs> middle of the road. But the, I have more. If you think I'm negative on this show, I have more in tier one, the high tier, than I do in the low tier. 
So I'm definitely not negative. I like more episodes than I don't like. Yeah. Like, out of 160-some episodes, it's amazing how many shit episodes there are like compared to how many great ones there are. But there's a lot of these episodes where you can find a lot of really good redeemable things in it, but then overall, it's okay. just eh. Well, let me ask you this. Is it a product of its time, or is it just, was it predictable even by 1974 standards? I don't think this episode is that predictable, really. No. Um, I think it's more middle of the road. Like, it's all the leading up to it. And I, I, I really like this episode. I, I do. It's just uh, when you get there at the end, you're kind of like, okay, we're here. It's, it's like, well, saw this coming a million miles away. <laughs> you didn't it know was it. wrapped up before you even put the bow on it, is what you're saying. Even if you didn't, like, I don't think anybody was like, it's going to be a robot, it's going to be a computer. Like, obviously, nobody, I don't think anybody's thinking that, that is watching it for the first time. You're thinking it's going to be something. There's going to be a twist there. You don't know what it is, but you're waiting for it. And when it happens, you're kind of like, okay, that, that happened. Now, who's the old guy that reports to the old man in the cave? I've seen him somewhere. John what, what, Anderson. What? He's been in four Twilight Zone episodes. Okay. Love that guy. Magellan? <laughs> yeah. He's in a, a passage for trumpet. A passage for trumpet. He plays Gabriel. Remember, that's he has that. It. Okay. He that's, has that devil, like uh, facial hair, and he's like all yeah, suave he's got that, and that, that fucking beatnik goat yeah. thing going on. He looks like his dick never dries. Uh, he's also in the Odyssey of Flight 33. <laughs> he plays uh, Captain Skipper Farver. Uh, it was great there. It he plays in uh, Of Late, I think, of Cliffordville. He plays Diedrich. And he's in this episode. So this is the last one we got with John Anderson. I feel like that guy kind of secretly carries this episode. I mean, James Coburn's good, too. But it, it's the way those two are kind of fencing back and forth. They're polar opposites of each other. I was just going to use those exact words. I also wrote my notes, John Anderson is a piece of cardboard with a hat on it. <laughs> he is a blank slate of a human being. He's just thrown in there and is like, say this dialogue. He's like, I will say this dialogue. We all, <laughs> They all died. They should have not. It's a shame we didn't do this episode last week because I was going to mention that there's a young girl... That I swear to God, it looks like she has a giant black head on her nose. I don't know if it was just a bad makeup job or if she really did have a big, like, if it was like a prosthetic or. Was it the one female that, that show in the episode? Yeah. The dark hair lady? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like, she, I don't remember her even having any lines, but she has like this gigantic, it looks like a black head on her nose. I don't know if that was on purpose or if they were trying to cover it up and just doing a really bad job of it or I don't know. Something was up there. I didn't notice. Giant, giant zit on her nose. It was like really distracting for me. I don't know. I just kept seeing a big zit on this girl's nose. Like it was almost like she was growing a second nose. She's drawing another, drawing, or <laughs> birthing another John Anderson out of her face. Could be. <laughs> Comes out and he's like, Ugh, Mommy, I would like some milk. Mother. Maybe they're trying to show hints of mutation in the, in the <laughs> post apocalypse. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, as Rod said in the beginning there, uh, this, is epi- this episode is set in 1974, as John Anderson clearly states in the most uh, obvious dialogue ever, in this 10th illustrious year after the bomb. And I was like, God damn, okay. So the bomb went off in 1964. Frank- I think everybody in 1964-ish, they figured by the 70s, their 
there would definitely be a nuclear war, no doubt about it. Just not if, but when, I swear. Well, you're kind of dealing with, you know, they're, they're scared of the Soviets. They're kind of going, eh, it's, it's going to happen. We're only 20 years removed from the last bomb. We blew up a fucking country. Decimated them. Yes. It's probably happened say, to us. This would be too far after the Cuban Missile Crisis, would it? Cuban Missile Crisis was 60? 60, 61? 60. Yeah. Oh, no, Kennedy was shot in 63. Kennedy was shot Kennedy? in 63. 63? Okay. So it's only a few years. Yeah. A few years after. So, so fresh in everybody's mind. I'm yeah. sorry, 61 is when he made that speech, you know. We are, we're going to go to the moon and do those other things. <laughs> yeah, because they're dealing with the Soviets who have missiles, and they're dealing with the Cuba who has missiles. So I, I kind of understand the thinking. Um, but obviously it didn't happen. Uh, so the results in, in this, it did happen, and res, results in horses pulling cars, which seems like a giant waste and, and would kill the horses quicker. Why? Yeah, there's a horse pulling a car, and the guy's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed a little strange, didn't it? He seemed yeah, bored like, out of his mind. He didn't have anything in the car. He's just sitting in the car. Yeah. He's malnourished. Just, like, just get on the horse. Or get a fucking yeah. wagon. A wagon is so much easier for that horse to pull. Or it's kick up. the floor of the car out and do like the Flintstones did, man. <laughs> you know, man. I'm telling you. Well, cars are working. James Coburn and his, his fucking crew show up in a car. I'm surprised that the people in that town didn't jack that Jeep while they weren't looking. For real. It would have been so easy to overpower those guys. They had guns and backhands. And had food recently, so they had strength. (laughs) These people couldn't open the car door without dying. No, they don't. They don't look like skeletons at all. (laughs) John Anderson, they put makeup on his face, like below his cheekbones, so it looks like he was withered away. And they also put too big of clothes that, like, had the seam. Um, further forward, so it would hunch over him. You know, I, I noticed a couple things. Looking, they the makeup in that scene right before Coburn goes, "You guys are withered away." I noticed the makeup; it was extreme in just that one scene. He looks like a skeleton. Rest of the scenes, he looks fine. Uh, I think I have that scene. Will you play it? Sure, sure. Let's let's hear some Coburn. In circumstances, we might even allow you to remain in nominal control, assuming that you don't give us any trouble. Now, that's unofficial. The following is official. (laughs) Now, let me fill you in on the situation here, Mr. Goldsmith. Between Buffalo, New York, and Atlanta, Georgia, there are probably around 500 people alive. You know why. Well, because there's no authority, there's no discipline. We're here to give you a little of both. You give us any trouble, any trouble at all, I'm going to hang you from that balcony right over there. I wish you hung him. <laughs> I really do. That was, I mean, he said it so like there will be a balcony where, where, when I do this, so I'm going to use you said balcony as to hang you from. Do you like, think he's like driving up on the way there and saw a good balcony? He's like, "Oh, I want to use that balcony hanging line. I want to point okay. up. It's gonna look badass." And the guys in the car were like, "Yeah, do it, bro." Or do you think he like said that speech and he's just kind of like, "I want to hang you from that balcony." Um, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> it was way too just. You can't be this familiar with your surroundings this quickly. Yeah. 
All right. Is it just me or, or when they all drove up in the Jeep for the first time and they all had like their their like anti-nuclear shades on? Did you not laugh <laughs> and just think of like, here comes the men in black? No, I was Won't thinking you remember. I was thinking, <laughs> did he just get like his eyes dilated at the eye doctor? He had those like roll on ones that you those get from the eye doctor. Ridiculous. <laughs> those plastic ones that roll up. He had those on. Cataract surgery. Yeah. Are those the same glasses from uh, the, the black leather jackets, Frank? No, but okay. wow. The black le- oh, dude, I can't wait. <laughs> the only you. sunglasses that are worse than that, guys, are, is the, the the shades that Jack Lord wore in Dr. No. <laughs> those those cat-eyed sunglasses that he had on that looked like he stole them from the dollar store. They're not worse but, than the Kanye ones with just, like, strips? Oh, man. Yeah, these, these they look like cat eye sunglasses, but it, like a dude is wearing them. This is like really distracting. I'm like, well, this is like early '60s. Uh, on uh, IMDb, the uh, the uh, you know the thumbnail for this episode is him with the glasses around his neck. <laughs> oh man, Major French. It, it's a good thing they didn't <laughs> leave those glasses on through the rest of the episode. You couldn't take them seriously. It's like those uh, weird silver stuff they had, and uh, on Thursday we leave for home. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> that ridiculous uniform in that great episode from season four. This has the this episode has the same cave from that episode, by the way. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. When they go in the cave in the end, I guess let's set up the episode. Uh, uh, Goldsmith, who's played by John Anderson, is going back and forth and like telling people what the old man in the cave is telling them about the world and what they can eat and what they can't. And at the beginning, they kind of say, the old man in the cave said we shouldn't plant here, but we did. And they show the food, it's all rotten. And uh, he also says the, the canned foods and the liquor that we got are, you know, they're radioactive. Don't eat them. Don't drink it. It's, let's throw it away. And this is when James Coburn shows up and he's like, fuck that. Fuck the old man in the cave. And they, they go up to the mountain and there's a big silver sheet in front of the cave. And I've never seen a human being grab a grenade, a hand grenade, and just set it down and run away. <laughs> like, who does that? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go behind the Jeep and toss it? I don't have <laughs> enough faith in uh, humans that built a hand grenade that it wouldn't blow up right next to me. I want to throw the that shit from far away. It took a long time to go off, too, man. Ten years later. Yeah. <laughs> they were waiting a while. They had to read like the book, tell the stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it doesn't do anything to it, so they leave, and they go back, and then he's like, fuck that, go ahead and eat that food, and drink that liquor. And the people are like, yeah, let's get some food. And then the second the guy comes out and is like, we are under prohibition, they're like, oh, I'm not hungry and starving to death, let's go ahead and drink. Like That is the worst time in the world to drink when you're starving to death. Can't imagine a worse time. Lack of water. Yeah. Why do they always do that in science fiction movies? It's like, well, there's no water. May as well drink all this whiskey. Like, yeah. do you know what that does to your body, dude? Jeez. I think at this point they don't care. But they start going. Oh, they, Sorry, Frank. That was that was James Coburn's full job was to just like be the the typical asshole military sci in a guy in a science fiction movie that hates everybody, hates everything, and doesn't believe nothing. So much so that he bitch slapped Goldsmith. Loved it. That was yep. the best part. Well, it was official. It was an official bitch slap? Yeah. <laughs> Everything I say is unofficial. However, <laughs> this is official. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said in that clip. I might let you maintain some leadership unofficially, but officially, quit job, bitch. I know you're holding back on me, bitch. 
then they, uh, he, he says a line where uh, James Coburn says there's, uh, between Buffalo and Atlanta, there's 500 people alive. Bullshit. So like, how the, f- did these people travel from miles around to get to this place? Because the math doesn't, like they would have to, you know what I mean? 500 people and there's 12 in this town. So, so he went from Buffalo, New York to Chicago to Atlanta. <laughs> like, God damn, that Jeep has seen some miles. Like, <laughs> Where do you get Chicago from? Oh, I'll, well, here you go. I'll, I'll play oh, good, good. I missed this. All right, cool. Poison. It's contaminated food. Who says so? The old man in the cave. The uh, old man in the cave. Have any of you looked at yourselves in the mirror lately? Well, look like skeletons, you know that? Just like skeletons. Where's this old man that keeps you on a diet? When does he come out? He never comes out. He stays in the cave. Well, I'm not surprised, Mr. Goldsmith. I'm not surprised at all. See, off Lake Erie, we've got a pack of weirdies up there that bay at the moon once a week. And then around what used to be Chicago, man, we got a real swinging cult going there. They've built themselves a statue made out of fashionable lead. This is their deity. Fashionable lead? Yeah, we have an invisible old man in a cave. Come on, Mr. Goldsmith. Now, when you take it out and run it around the block a couple of times, don't you think it sounds kind of nutty? We've survived, Major French. The rest of the world has died of radioactivity, strontium-90, plague. We survived. Because of the old man, huh? That's right. Because of the old man. He cues you in, huh? He, uh, he tells you what's poisonous, what's radioactive, that whole bit. As long as he's alive, we'll be alive. Whipple. As long as Whipple's up there, we'll be alive. (laughs) So for this, for for James Coburn and his posse to roll up into this town, of all places, is dumb even by Walking Dead standards. I don't know. Walking Dead standards is pretty fucking dumb. dumb. Yeah. That's... That's pretty fucking dumb, man. That's a that is a uh, that's a loaded statement, man. <laughs> it's one thing I'll say the comic is even more dumb about because in the comic they're like, "Let's go to Ohio," and I'm like, "That would take so long to go from yeah. like D.C. or Virginia to to Ohio," and they're just like, "And we're in Ohio." <laughs> like, no, so many of you would have died. I've been in Ohio so many fucking times in my <clears throat> life through Ohio anyway. Because I gotta go to Indy, got so many damn times every year. <laughs> Ohio's the most boring state with like the most dangerous cities in it. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Fucking nothing yeah. going on there except crime and major cities, and the rest of the country, rest of the state is just farmland. It's nothingness. It's not even corn. No, there's no corn. It's nothing. It's like you know there could be so much corn here, but there's no <laughs> corn. Like yeah. Ohio is missing a lot of corn. There's prime corn. Real estate in Ohio. Yeah, Pennsylvania at least has corn. Michigan has corn. Ohio has, Even like, fields of nothing. Corn. Illinois has a shit ton of corn. Yeah. Oh, I've, yeah. I've driven through all those states. All corn. Ohio's, like, 
the flattest nothing. bitch you'll ever meet in your life, and she has nothing going on. She's not growing shit. And you go in the city, and you're like, this city's fucking awful. I've been to Cleveland so many times, and I'm like, oh, this is an awful city. Yeah, I mean, like, I've driven through that, Columbus. And, uh, Cincinnati's and, cool. Yeah, but, like, I've never been to Cincinnati, actually. Cincinnati's think- only cool because if you come from Kentucky and you cross the bridge over it because there's a river right there, all of a sudden, on the edge of the fucking uh, of the river, there's a city. And it's just like a sheet of city. It reminds me of the wall in a, a Tit Dragon show. <laughs> it's just a wall of city. And you're like, oh, God, city. It comes, it sneaks up on you. <laughs> it's kind of how Philly is, really. It's yeah. like, you know, you're driving through Jersey. You're like, I hate this fucking state. It's like, oh, my God, there's Philly. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it couldn't get worse and just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So welcome to LIW Ohio review. Ohio. Uh, so, <laughs> Frank, I was hoping that, no, I don't. I was hoping that uh, when they came up to the old man in the cave and they opened up the door, inside would be the, the people, the coffins from uh, the Rip Van Winkle caper. Oh, good, good, good. I mean, you got it. You I got, got it. it. I had to stop. I got it. The point is, I was hoping they would be in there inside the cave. That'd been a cool little tie-in. Yeah, yeah, but instead, instead it's no. just a computer. Or if the computer talked kind of like the computer in uh, War Games, the Whopper. W O P R. Yeah. I haven't seen War Games in twenty-five years. It's not aged well. It, it's it's fucking hilarious to watch now. Just absolutely hilarious. I always wanted a flying din- dinosaur. Always. The, the the big the big exciting scene is him using a 56k modem like the dramatic using of a 56k modem scene. Well, I mean, I did like it because it because it had chess in it. <laughs> Frank does love chess. I'm a great chess player. <laughs> he does yeah. love it. Uh, I was a varsity football player and I was co-captain of the chess club <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> You know who my other co-captain was of the, of the chess club was? Someone else that should have blown the brains out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You're going to say someone famous? What do I care? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was my fellow varsity football player. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's, that is a little weird. Were you guys doing that in the middle of a huddle? That, that might interest me a little bit. Did we ever what talk about chess in the huddle? No, play play chess. Chess isn't that far away from from uh, football, really. I was say, I mean, yes, we played chess all the time. It's called football. <laughs> yeah, it's really very similar, honestly. Really? Um, just a little more, little more violent, little. Yeah, you don't get to make concussions playing chess. But, You're not uh, doing it right. You're supposed to slam that little timer with your head. You know what? God. If I only played chess and not football, I wouldn't be so fucked up right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, fucking 13 car wrecks deep and fucking, you know, wishing to God I had surgery every day of my life. Oh, I don't want to have football to blame for that. I played basketball and baseball growing up. I, I have nothing Maybe. to blame for my, my state. I mean, you had... Well, I mean, you got. I, I'm so jealous of you still, even though you, you know. You, uh, I mean, is it getting better? I hope. Good. Yes. No. 
We're not talking about that on on the show. Yeah, moving on. So we're, we're doing anyway. hypotheticals here. Let's not let's not get serious and uh, have me blow up my brains on the show, because then nobody <laughs> can release it because I'm the one recording. So let's not do yeah. that. I love getting on my knees and blowing brains. I love that all three of us are like cripple. All three of us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's why maybe that's why we all get along. We're all humbled by our yep. horrible we lives. Just have we have no patience for bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we've been through all of it. Yeah. Honestly, tell me about it. It's can like, you, you know, can you play a clip so we can forget about it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving along. So the final the old We're playing man a clip, Adam. Adam, catch a hint. We're playing a clip. God. <laughs> What's your name? Jason. Jason. I love this guy, by the way. Jason and the Golden Fleece. Yeah, I'm a literate man. You know that? I went to college, Jason. I can read, so I went to college. Yeah, I went to college. What did you learn? Well, if it isn't the illustrious Mr. Goldsmith. Keeper of the legend, protector of the fables, and the Lord High Chamberlain of the Cave. You look hungry, Mr. Goldsmith. And thirsty. Now, you've got a hundred cases of that stuff over there. Now, you want to start breaking every bottle, man. You've got a big job. Do you have any remote idea what you've brought to this village? Yeah. Yeah, I brought into this village the first square meal that any of these people have had in ten years. Okay. And the first six protracted hours of enjoyment that This is a long clip, Frank, and you're walking away. Round by the nose. Now, why don't you unbend, old man? Can you ask me that? Why don't you unbend? You came as intruders. Adam, you want to talk about something? <laughs> Only God knows how many people will die because of tonight. I love when uh, they wake up, and he wakes up the next morning, and it's like fucking Jonestown outside. <laughs> They're all <laughs> dead. Totally Jonestown, dude. But uh, I just realized when you played that clip, like, Jade's Coburn's like, I, I, went, I was a college man. I'm like, and yet you did not even try to research the man in the cave before you said, nah, fuck this shit. We're not listening to that. He said he went to college. He didn't say, like, excelled at it. Like, he probably went there to pick up his sister, who was actually enrolled in college, but he didn't actually go yeah. to college. He, I he visited a college campus like once or twice. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, illiterate, man, so I can spell college. <laughs> to be fair, I fucked a girl at university once, and I stayed the night. Therefore, I'm a college man. I went to a college football game. Therefore, I went to college. Did you? Cool. Cool. Speaking of which, I, I had a football scholarship. To go to college once. We're, we're trying to not relive our depressing past, Frank. That's why we played the clip to to talk about this hopeful episode that doesn't leave you depressed at all. <laughs> this is a very depressing episode. <laughs> the Jonestown massacre after they all ate the radioactive food and liquor, and it's like these are the most easily swayed people in the history of people. They're just like, yeah, you can eat it, and they're like, oh, okay. And they eat it and drink yeah, it. Yeah, we, we've been listening to the old man in the cave for the last, I don't know how many years. What is it? Ten, Ten years. years, according to the episode. It's the 10th illustrious year. Listen to James Coburn. Clearly, he has his shit put together. This yeah. guy that's never been here before. Yeah. Let's listen to this guy. He's a traveler. This reminds you of actual Americans. Adam, he went to college, okay? You listen. You listen to him. 
He did not go to college because he doesn't even have the comprehension of what a computer is or what it does. He's the only one that says the word computer, though. What? Why community college. Hey, some of us went to community college for a little bit. All right? And they just destroy the fucking computer. Like, they don't even try to cannibalize it for parts or repurpose it and do something else that maybe would be useful to them. What is this thing plugged into? That's that's a good question. Where's the power in the cave? I mean, he, like what what they say like the Hoover Dam would be like the last standing structure before nature takes over the planet after we're gone. Yeah. But this is like so, uh I assume I have this is somewhere between uh Buffalo and and Atlanta, so no Hoover Which is Dam. A perfect place where a computer should be in a in a random cave between Buffalo and Wherever you just said, maybe it's in D.C. or something. It's a government computer, and its only its only point is to show you what cans are good. That's it. Yep. Or or yeah, or where to plant your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all it does. That's that's it. Frank, I'm glad you're looking at the book. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to look at it because I finished this episode right before we started recording. So if you find anything interesting, let us know. Um, because I'm out of notes. Where they got the fucking... As soon as I find where uh, O is, or would it be under the? Because I hate... I, I hate... don't read books because a guy that's dumb, like James Coburn, rode into town once and told me it was dumb to read books. So Someone I keep didn't... talking. I'm going to look for my book. <laughs> I don't have a book. So I have to be envious of your book. I have an extra. If you want, I'll send you it. All righty. Well, yeah, it's Zickery. Mark is Zickery, Junior. Zickery, Zickery, Zickery. Frank just confused two writers together. There, it's Martin Graham's Junior and Mark Scott Zickery. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Frank. Yeah. The, the other book, I'd have to be like. <laughs> so the book is in front of you, and somehow you still read it wrong. <laughs> Welcome yes. to Frank's world. Okay, just checking. They're, they're not in order, but they're in order by season. So let's go to season five. I'm looking right here. All right, fifth season. And let's go ahead and skim forward. Here's here's Rod Serling with Robbie the Robot. That was a weird scene because it's like, that's Robbie, but clearly he has like a, a, a swappable dome. Found it already, Frank. Good God. Page know, 370. I suck. I suck. I know. All right. So um, this is Rod's. Hey, look, What's it say? The same thumbnail. <laughs> Almost the same Frank thumbnail. got me this book. So let me just go ahead and read what he says, because it's fairly short. Um, I think it's fairly short. Yeah, it's only one page. Not even. A tiny community has survived for 10 years uh, by following the instructions of the mysterious old man in the cave, as relay- relayed to them by Mr. Goldsmith, their leader. But then a small band of armed soldiers, commanded by the violent Major French, commanded, sorry, uh, drives in the town and takes over. Against, against Goldsmith's uh, vehement objections, they distribute food and liquor branded contaminated by the old man. Resentful over their uh, past private uh, pr- provisions, it's so many of those, uh, what's that called? Justified, where you have half a word, hyphen, and the next line it continues. Uh, the townspeople force Goldsmith to open the cave. The old man stands revealed as a computer! Enraged, there's, a, there's an exclamation point. Enraged, the townsfolks destroy the machine. Later, though, they pay for the devi- uh, pay for the price for their faithlessness. The food was was contaminated, but and all but Goldsmith die. 
Two episodes in the fifth season were based on short stories by Henry Slezar, a leading mystery writer and for many years a staff writer on the Edge of, Edge of Night, whatever that is. Uh, based on Slezar's The Old Man, inscripted by Serling, the old man in the cave dwells in a small group of atomic Holocaust survivors whose status quo is maintained by an unseen computer. James Coburn, John Anderson, and John Marley all perform their roles well, but there are several issues raised by the episode that are hard to ignore. For instance, Goldsmith views the computer as a deity-like authority. And when the people demand to know the identity of the old man and disregard his instructions, this is, considered, this is considered the ultimate act of faithlessness, the punishment being death. But in actuality, a computer is not a god. It is a man-made tool, and the townsfolk's insistence to know the true nature of their leader seems less an act of faithless, faithlessness than a normal human, human curiosity for vital information, a desire for democracy, for self-determination. On a more prosaic level, there is yet another question. What has been powering the computer during the 10 years since the nuclear war, and how did it get in a cave in the first place? Same question I had. <laughs> I know. Nice. All Didn't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... We are not good. He, we are not good. He's right. Like, if the, if the battery is that strong, take it out of the, out of the computer and put it into one of those uh, cars that you have horses pulling in town. Or ask James movies. Coburn how he's got a, a car going. This is a, the, when I say this episode is good, but not great, I, I kind of think it's, episode, it's, it's terrible, but it's also fun to watch, if that makes any sense. Because if you think about anything, it doesn't make any sense. Why They're so easily swayed so quickly, and none of it really adds up to quality, but I still don't mind watching it, which is why I think it's a good episode. Well, it kind of goes along with the, the ongoing theme that people are stupid, so it, it works. You know, because people are are that stupid. They are. I mean, you, yeah. You look at it, you live in the, the misinformation age now, where you can easily fool anybody because you have media skewing the press, and and you don't know what to believe anymore. So, Especially right now during coronavirus times. Holy shit! Right. Uh, but watch. Like, but think about like another episode that kind of has the same idea. Frank is um, the gift, where they show up. He shows up in Mexico, and it's an invader, and really has the cure for cancer, and they burn the book. Same idea. People are stupid. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. Pedro. <laughs> the bartender knocks a guy out with a bottle. Uh, but it's the same kind of idea. People are stupid. People are scary. You know, monster doing Maple Street. Same idea. People are panicked when in a group. But this one, I didn't really feel it. They just suddenly are, I want to eat the food now. And they eat the food and died. And you're kind of like, all right, well, that's that. <laughs> like, it didn't. Yeah, James Coburn is like the least charismatic convincer of, of anybody I've ever seen. They're just like, oh, okay, fine, we'll eat the radioactive food because James Coburn is cool and we'll do whatever he says to do. He's a major. Yeah, yeah he's a major asshole. Yeah. I, I, I think the episode yeah. could have, yeah, French. <laughs> I think this episode <laughs> could have been a lot better with like a, maybe a couple different rewrites on it where they do have him a little. The episodes that are great are known for their really good speeches. And there's no really great speech in this episode. Well, at the end, it was like, like for like what you're saying, speeches and all this. That's why I thought this was like good writing because like at the end when he's walking around Jamestown. <laughs> but <laughs> but by then it's already over. I mean, James Coburn should have had a speech written that was right. really great that swayed the people. Instead, he just goes, "You have a guy in a cave. I've been to Chicago. Eat the food." And they're like, "Yeah, let's eat the food." And you're like. That didn't feel satisfying at all. I didn't believe any of it. All they would have had to do was just investigate the machine first, then eat the food. Then yep. it would have made more sense. I would have I would have waited. Yep. 
especially since he went to college, he would at least like to like exercise all of his options and know what he's dealing with before he makes that plunge. Yeah. Cause God knows what he's been through up to this point. And he just rolls into jerk water, wherever the fuck it is. And Eat some bad food and die. So what a shitty way to go. What they should have done is waited to speak to the old man in the cave before they eat the food. Instead, eat that big old college brain he's so proud of. Fucking cannibalize that motherfucker. And just be like, yeah. Old man didn't say shit about this guy's head. <laughs> Decorate it like a cake. Slicing. For he is singing songs. <laughs> candles in it. Yeah. yeah. Save some candles in there. <laughs> Ten year anniversary of the bomb. Woo! God, Happy cake. birthday to human death. Happy birthday. You know, somebody bought the fucking rights to Happy Birthday. So now whenever a fucking... Um, it's been going on forever. Yeah, like fucking... Uh, whenever like a restaurant sings Happy Birthday to people, they have to pay a fucking royalty to somebody. I think that's been going on for a while, and it is true. But I think it just got overturned, and they put that song back in the public domain. I think. I'm not quite sure, but I'm yeah. pretty sure I heard that. The other that. thing is, a restaurant can always come up with a new birthday song, because most of the time you can't ever understand what they're Happy, happy the birthday. That song. Get the fuck up, pay your bill, leave us a big tip. Well, because I was going to say, like, you used to see that all the time, and now you never see that happen, yeah. ever. We jizzed in your broccoli, we spit in your soup. It's, you know, that kind of song. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck they're doing? <laughs> they could say that so quickly and you'd be like, wait, what? I don't want to eat this cheesecake now. I don't know what the fuck's in this. God damn it. I was really looking forward to that broccoli. I ate so much broccoli. Oh, my God. Is it my stomach pregnant? <laughs> I thought it was ranch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we talked about the ways that men could die. We forgot the chief method of execution. Goodbye, Adam. Got faithlessness, Major French. <laughs> Maybe you're not to blame. Maybe if it weren't you, it would have been someone else. Maybe this has to be the destiny of man. Sean Anderson, wake up. wonder if that's true. I guess I'll never know. Adam! What? <laughs> Adam just put his headphones on. I wanted to scare him. And sorry, listener. <laughs> uh, Adam's showing off his Patrick Kane jersey. Uh, Frank, I know. I, do, I woke up a little bit before you did. Well, halfway through his speech, you woke up at the very end. Sorry to scare yeah. you. John Anderson is one boring motherfucker. He is so goddamn boring. Uh, unless he's a captain of a... Of a, of a commercial airliner. Don't fool yourself. He's so boring in that episode. He literally goes, dinosaur. Yeah. That's a, that was a dinosaur. He doesn't like, he's not like, holy shit, there's a fucking dinosaur out there. He, he, he shows no emotion, just dinosaur. You have to go back up into the sky to go back in time. It's definitely not as good as, welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah. He's no rich, Richard Attenborough. He's not, no, nobody's Richard Atten, <laughs> I saw a guy at work who looks like him, and then he's a customer, and he started dressing just like him at one day, and I had to take pictures of him. It was so amazing. 
looked just he like him. He had the fucking the hat on and the little cane, a cane. with the little marble mosquito inside of He didn't it. have that, obviously, but he had, like, he had safari wear. <laughs> he what? <laughs> it was amber, not marble. Yeah, mm. it was. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Yeah. The reason he's in... Whenever I say something to Adam, I always have to in sir. It's the reason <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know how I became sir. I, I, it's because, I mean, Frank, I, when you're on the show. because I'm older than you, or what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if you are or not. How I'm, 30, old? I'm 36. Are 46. You? 46, sorry. You are older than me, sir. Yes. Yeah. I like how you just subtly cut a decade off. I'm, I'm the old man in a cave. You're almost 50, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking I'm almost 40. I feel better now. I mean, if you. you want to know, it doesn't get any better, so you may as well continue. Yeah. <laughs> it's, every, it's every day I know. It sounds like you should have said the opposite of that. It doesn't get any better, so go ahead and stop now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> do what the fuck you want to do. Eat some canned <laughs> goods that you weren't supposed to eat. Way. What? <laughs> there you go. Eat some canned goods and some, some whiskey. Yeah. Drink some whiskey. You know, and... What's funny is, remember when he acted like he was he was dying after he ate the banana that came out of the can? Yeah. That was banana? <laughs> it looked like it. It Ugh. looked like a banana on his knife. Do you remember that episode two where they had uh, canned chicken wings? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just remembered that. Yeah. Ugh. It, uh, like, of all things you pull out of a can, it's chicken. A, a chicken leg. Here's here's the weird here's a weird question that's kind of related to what we're talking about. What is the weirdest thing that you've seen in a can, like actually opened up and taken out of it? I don't want to go that way. I want to go the other. What's the worst thing that would be in a can, like canned key lime pie or something? Kimchi. I would still eat canned key lime pie. By the way, I'd it wouldn't hold it. up at all. It would. Ugh. The the lime would be so gross. Ugh. But goddamn, it sounds good though. Oh man! I saw somebody on YouTube channel once open up a can of it. It had an Angus hamburger inside of it. Oh my god! Yeah, that was some some pretty frightening shit. I would not eat that. Uh, Adam, cover your ears. Uh, I'm gonna say, with or without radiation, I wouldn't eat it. Canned sushi. Yeah, just raw fish rotting in a can. Just just, just any kind of sushi. Dude. Sushi not in a can is still disgusting. It's fucking delicious. You guys are wrong. Awful, 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 awful. Have you ever had it? Have I ever had it? No, I'm frightened of it. I yeah, there you go. Anyone who's ever said I don't like sushi has never had it. I don't like, well, see, I don't like fish to begin with, so sushi is Okay, like, that's different. See, that's a reasonable excuse, so you don't see, get to I, say I sushi's gross. I, you, I know how disgusting the ocean is. I don't want to eat anything that wasn't cooked in, that, like, very, very well cooked. I live in Phoenix. None of this shit's from the ocean. This <laughs> <laughs> shit's in a swimming pool in some guy's backyard. Oh, God. <laughs> And it's delicious. I don't give a shit. Sushi I love bar fish. in the front, swimming pool out back. <laughs> I went to the sushi place yesterday, as I told you, Adam. And um, it's so weird because right now we're living in quarantine times and, you know, uh, COVID-19 and all that. I went there and there's a line out front because they have the table pushed up against the front door where it's just like order online only. And you walk up to it and you, you say your name. It feels like I feel like I'm watching 1984 and people are waiting for rations. Because you walk up to the table and you say your name and then you go to the back of the line and you wait for your name to be called for your actual food. 
And like they're going to give you out in credits or something like like Star Wars Episode Seven or whatever. Your Republic credits no good here. <laughs> yeah. I need something more real. I'll give you eighty thousand credits for that droid. That. So so the first day I work where he had to wear a mask, you know, because I work in supermarket. I wrote nineteen eighty four on the front of my mask. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. About I like seven. that reference. Yeah. I like it was the year I was born. Woo! I've gotten to the point where I've used those references so many times now. I've just given up. I just like nobody's gonna fucking get it anymore. Or even care, you know? I'm just I'm done. Yeah. Dude, no, nobody knew what it meant. Like, they go, "What's 1984?" I'm like, "What? Do you, it? You're what in do you New mean? Jersey. What like, do you expect?" Yes. People are reading there. I had to read it in school in, in Jersey. I, like, don't you guys have to read this in school anymore? No? I read it, and then I, I watched the, the very depressing movie with John Hurt. John Hurt, yeah. That's a good one. Extremely depressing movie to watch and make you want to blow your brains out. But uh, also, this movie takes place the same year that I was born. So all I want to know is, when will the old man in the cave tell us that we can come oh. out of I was confused as shit because I'm like, you were not, not born 1984. <laughs> 1974, yeah. You're 10 years older than me. I was born in 84. Um, yeah. Do you remember this when you were born? Yeah. They had to rebuild very quickly after. Some say it was, it was a, force, a, a foresight of your birth that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. They did, by the way, they, they did a terrible job with the, with, with the set because it doesn't look like a bomb was dropped there. I mean. It's kind of. Like looks like some robbers got to it. A little ransacked. That's about it. Yeah, it just looked like an old west town. It was. It was like, their old west set good. that we've seen a thousand yeah. times in the show. Showdown Don't with Ransford Drew. Haven't you figured it out, Frank? That most TV shows that were filmed during then, they would just borrow a set from something else and then just yeah. write the script around whatever the fuck they could get a hold of. Like that was pretty much the entire last season of Star Trek. Oh. Whatever fucking set was open. Nazis, the episode around whatever, whatever (laughs) medieval old west shit they could get a hold of. That's what they were filming the episode on that day. Yeah, that's what France McGrew was. I mean, they literally went there. They're like, "Look, we're using the set we always do." And they shot like four or five episodes that time on that set while it was still there. It's just an old rawhide set. That's all it was. Yep. Yep. Or Gunsmoke at that time, maybe probably. Like Gunsmoke, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Rawhide with, with Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Oh. They threw a few signs in there to where it wouldn't look totally Old West because there, there were, like, signs that said Chop Suey, like, 65 cents and shit like that. So They love – I noticed in watching this show, they love putting up those old prop signs. Do you remember some of those episodes, yeah. Frank, when they're in, like, the diner or, or where it's, like, <laughs> ice cream soda, 27 cents. <laughs> like, they have that so many well, times in different episodes. Well, you got to remember, there's some guy back then that, that his whole job was he he just made those signs all day long. So that was like his, his like, that was his Academy Award winning <laughs> moment, getting as many signs into the shot as he could. I'm a, I'm a sign that, maker. Yeah, that and every newspaper in every Twilight Zone has something where it says building code under fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the same magazines, the same newspapers. I prefer it in The Shining Word. If you look closely, Jack Torrance in the lobby of the hotel is reading Playgirl. Is he? If you guys look that close, yeah. <laughs> if you go back and watch it, he's sitting there waiting if for a job interview. If you watch the 4K, the 4K one, you can see it plain as day. Yeah. Like, I, I never I mean, noticed until HD. That's why I first noticed it. Yeah. yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. Like, and I, did, they, 
Did they digitally put that in there? No. Like, no, it's just 4K, man. If you go, he's like waiting for a job interview. Yep. As his, oh. the guy that's interviewing him comes up and he's like, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you." And he's holding a playgirl in his hand, shaking the guy's hand. But you're kind of like, "Well, you have it in your lobby. I don't think you brought that in." Who's it? Who's the scumbag it here? It's like a really strange thing to have in a lobby, doesn't it? Yeah, it's off season. And then again, so. it is. It is The Shining. Yeah. The first time I heard that Playgirl even existed, I was like, "Are, are you just?" making a joke or is that real it sounded fake right yeah yeah i'm like no that can't be real. like i i guess women do like reading about yeah okay fine it like, sounds like it should be the other way around where play boys the boys and play girls the girls but it's not and it's backward i, I wasted years on a, on a subscription to that magazine <laughs> and i mean i got a great collection going on Got a lot of a lot of dropping dongs in there, and I, you know, not all bad. But if you ever look at gay porn mags, uh, I have they yeah. they are erect on like a, a yacht, and you're like, why why is this so fucking erotic to you, man? Do gay guys love fucking on a boat? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's like the right roughest ahead? place to fuck. You, you'd break your dick. Hey. No, thank you. <laughs> the wave hits, and you're like, oh, I'm in there sideways. No, thank you. God, no. Uh, you know, it's hard enough to get up in that ass. You need a little bit of you know, help from the ocean, you know? The guy's skydiving, oh, no. and he's got an erection in the air, and he's going to land in some guy's ass. Like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> Where's the fantasy here? Nothing against that, but why the adventure for sex? I've never had adventurous sex. I've had sex where I'm either ashamed or I'm like, don't tell your sister. Like that sort of like like oh we should not tell anybody. I'm not ashamed personally, but I don't want this to get out. Or don't tell mom and dad. One of those kind of things. Instead of calling the playgirl, they should have called it Seaman's. Uh, Seaman. Seaman's life. Seaman's yeah. life. Seaman's life. That sounds like a Boy Scout thing. You fucking pedophile. These new headphones kind of hurt. They're not broken in yet. It's like a new pair of sneakers. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I got blister on my toe from my pair of sneakers breaking in. You and your fucking Reebok obsession. Yeah, the Reeboks. Of course right. they are. Frank has a whole collection of Reebok. What are they, what are they called? Classics. Reebok Classics. I thought it was like Classics 2 or something. Um, no, they're just no, they're all Classics, but no. like, yeah. I don't care about oh. shoes. You need to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Oh. <laughs> White or gum soles, yeah. Hey, I, he, I don't, no, I don't I don't pause. Anymore. I don't because understand. Frank has talked for hours. If I if I did like a supercut right now of different shows we've done <laughs> where we talked about sneakers, I would have a full show, a full episode about sneaker. Frank's hot sneaker talk, and I don't give a shit about. So what do I care? <laughs> Sne- sneakers in, in Twilight Zone, of course. Yeah, I, why wouldn't I put those together? Well, I'm part black, so my shirt, my hat, and my shoes are all navy blue. I have to match. <laughs> That's why I have so many classics. I need to match my hoodie. So. I don't disagree with that, but I sure shit don't want to hear about it. No. You can you can have them all you want. It's cool to look at, but not sit here and describe. We did an episode, Adam, of the podcast podcast when we were we were listening to three different podcasts and then talk about them on our podcast. That word has no meaning now. Yeah. It's very meta. One of them was... Frank chose Sneaker Podcast, where they discussed sneakers for three different podcasts. We listened to them. 
And so he just went off and off and off about his fucking shoes and showed pictures. I'm really and, surprised that you guys aren't syndicated by now. And would walk across the room and go grab his other <laughs> fucking shoes like I care. And then bring up other ones like he's holding up a puppy. He's like, look at this. His name is Bluey. And it just Jesus he's got Christ, a gum soul. Like that, you should be pulling down the PewDiePie, <laughs> PewDiePie numbers by now. So Frank's going to get his ass kicked several times in a row on his own show. <laughs> you see that? You should have your own booth at Comic-Con by now. Fuck. You know, I put in a bid for one, and I didn't get a response. <laughs> you didn't even get a no. <laughs> I, no, not even a no. I got the cold shoulder from a fucking email, which is really hard to do. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't be like, I'll pay double. Maybe I'll get it. But they canceled Comic-Con here in Phoenix and probably everywhere, so I don't know. Canceled everything everywhere. I should I should have been to five races by now. Yeah, I, I, I should I should be getting psyched for May, you know, but I'm not. You were supposed to come out here to Phoenix. I was, and then they canceled the well. They canceled the race way before this happened. Well, the old man in the cave should tell you pretty soon if you can go to one of those races or not. Like if they're not going to be canceled. Do you hear oh, that? I forgot they broke the computer. Oh, Do you hear that roping back in that Adams did? That's telling us to shut up. <laughs> He's the guest telling us to shut up. <laughs> Mr. Man's imperfection. An observer of the very human trait of greed and the chronicler of the last chapter, the one reading suicide. Not a prediction of what is to be, just a projection of what could be. This has been The Twilight Zone. I like his speech at the end, except the, this has been The Twilight Zone. I like everything else, though. Yeah, he should have just left it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good speech. You know, let's... Maybe that was his secret way of saying it's not what it once was. This has been the Twilight Zone. This is the Twilight oh, Zone, written yeah. from across the country. Next time the Twilight Zone, the distinguished Sir Cedric Hardwick lends us his considerable talent, along with the very accomplished Miss Constance Ford. They appear in what can most aptly be described as one of the shockers on our schedule. The play is called Uncle Simon. And this we submit as a relative you've never met before. It's a story with a final curtain I doubt anyone can predict. Next on Twilight Zone, Uncle Simon. I'm uh, sure I'll be able to predict it easily. I don't remember this uh, this episode at all, Uncle Simon, and I don't want to know anything about it before I watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. I've never heard of it. The only reason I watched The Old Man in the Cave is because I was watching Living Doll and I was just too lazy to get up and change the, the channel, like turn it off on the streaming thing. He told me he watched <laughs> both episodes, and I go, why? We're only doing one. He goes, it, it's on. I'm like, all right, just can't argue with that logic. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's true. It was you on. I watch them on Netflix. I have it to where it just auto plays to the next one. And it started playing. I'm like, fuck yeah, well, let's do another one. Why not? They're, they're short episodes. I keep this rag going. Yeah, yeah, Twilight Zone on Netflix are, is like the one of the very rare, like, TV episodes you watch where you don't hit skip intro. <laughs> You don't hit it. You just, no, I'm not, I can't. The only time I skip intro is if I just can't stand the intro on a show. Like, there's been a couple of shows that I've liked, but the intro is, like, awful. Uh, one I can think of is Justified. That one was, like, really bad. I, uh, I would skip those. I love Justified. Great show, but terrible damn. intro. You know what had the best intro? It was Lost. It was literally, and it was over. It was, like, 12 seconds long. No problem with that. Uh, uh, best intro, dark, hands down. 
I feel so bad. I watched both. I watched the first two episodes finally, and then I forgot about it because I was busy doing other shit, and I never got back to it. But I'm I'm going to. It's my next show to get on. Dude, season two was better than season one. I couldn't believe it. But I have to go back and rewatch the first two episodes again, which is like Game of Thrones shit for me. I I keep rewatching it, but I really enjoyed them. I don't know why I kept going. I didn't keep going, rather. What is that look, Adam? Did you not like Dark? No, I like Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Whenever I hear the word Game of Thrones, just like my eyes immediately roll back into my skull. I'm sorry. It's like an instinct. I can't turn it off. You know, I loved Game of Thrones, dude. And then season eight happened, yeah. and I was just yeah. like, this. You and every drone in America. That's that's fine. That's cool. I just I just can't. I, I'm the guy in the mall rats that's looking for the sailboat in the puzzle. It's, I don't fucking get it. No, it's Your not about the show. It's about the world and everything else in it. That it's about everything. And how boring it is. Here, here's show. my Game of Thrones. Yep. There Westworld. Yeah. Then that's where every other Game of Thrones YouTuber has gone to. Westworld. It's a far superior show. Yes. It's better it, written. It, it doesn't feel it doesn't sacred. Feel, I hate that Game I, of Thrones I, feels being sacred. I'm with you. I tried watching Game of Thrones uh, four episodes in and I passed the fuck out. I just and I wasn't even tired. It just made me tired. It, it put me to sleep. Yeah. I don't like fantasy. Period. I just can't get into it. I don't like it. I'm not a big fantasy fan either. I despise I'm, fantasy. I'm a more hard sci-fi fan, to be honest. Yeah, same here. And you still don't fucking watch Westworld, which is strict sci- sci-fi. That's probably the last good sci-fi out there. That and The Expanse. Those are the two that you need to be watching. When you guys were talking about that yesterday, when I popped on uh, Pete's YouTube channel. And you're the talking about that. Or Dune. You're oh both. You said there's no more good sci-fi shows out there. I was thinking like I made a joke as far as like Picard and Star Trek Discovery because those are fucking action <laughs> shows now. But Westworld it really is bad. a great sci-fi show. Yes, they're paced well. They're written well. It's it's kind of like one of those things where they took a little idea and expanded so like built this whole universe on top of like one idea. Because I've got the old movie version of Westworld it's not too, good. which. I good. love that, but the, the, I don't the think TV it's good. show is so much more. Oh my god! I just I just paid YouTube to get the five mm-hmm. episodes for Beyond Westworld. <laughs> so Frank left the show, and uh, so yeah, but that intro is awful, dude. <laughs> I just wanted to fuck up hate that intro. Good, great show. Fuck that intro. We'll see. I have a huge man crush on Timothy Olyphant. That's a, that's fair. He, he's a he's a good looking lad, especially yeah, in Go. He's so handsome in Go. He was uh, good on um, Deadwood. That show Deadwood on and Hitman. Did you watch the movie? The Deadwood movie or the show? The movie. Uh, yeah, um, you know it's supposed to be the ending that we never got. Oh no, I didn't see that. I still yeah. watch the show. So don't. <laughs> I heard nobody talking about that. Yeah, so it, it just kind of went nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. Well, at least they got an ending, kind of sounds like. But we're at fifty-nine minutes. So, uh, Adam, where can we find you? Best way to find me is at www.raidersoflostflicks.com. But uh, for posterity, if you want to hit me over on Twitter, it's uh, Raiders underscore OTLF. And then your YouTube page as well. Yes, my YouTube page is growing. I'm very proud of it. All right, go check that I out. You whenever I see a notification, I'm like, oh, point. I'm in. 
<laughs> I have a lot of people that follow for Dune information, so I'm constantly scouring for that because I get more views on my Dune stuff than anything else I do. So I try to find it. <laughs> What's Dune? Huh? What's Dune? It's a it's, remake of a. What's a Frank, remake of a remake? Frank, uh, who wrote the book? Shit, Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert. Yeah. yeah. So his book and David Lynch made it in nineteen what eighty four. Yeah, I'm gonna say eighty one, eighty two, but yeah, it's eighty four. It's it, it, it's not a good movie. It's really not, but it has interesting ideas, and you're kind of like, oh, I could see this being okay. As I mentioned on Pete's channel yesterday, I think it should be a mini series. It's a limited series on on Netflix. It is. Uh, there is a mini, well, there was a mini series on the sci-fi channel, which if you haven't checked that out, those are on YouTube. Just look for Frank Herbert's Dune. That's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, those are really great. Really, no. really great. Well, it matters if they did it with like a budget and nowadays where they're a little more, especially yes. sci-fi, if they actually keep it sci-fi where they focus on the actual story in the book. Correct. Could be interesting, but if they do a movie and the, it's just an hour and a half, it's going to suck. The mini, the mini series was really good with like storytelling and acting. But, like, the special effects look very early 2000, because that's when it came out. But that's when the Sci-Fi Channel was still trying to make a name for itself, before it became the, the Siffy Channel. Siffy. Siffy. I don't know what channel you're talking about, but, Frank, where can we find you? You and your thumbs up, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, uh, double L-N-K-Z on Twitter. <laughs> and reddragonsrare.com. Good enough. Where all, where all great podcasts live. Including this fine program. You can also find the show on LAWstudios.com, uh, Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube, and uh, yeah, cause I just want to say go check out LIW Tales from the Crypt Review. It's a new show we started uh, a week ago, right? And uh, yeah, every episode is going to have a different guest on there. We're doing episode four after this, and if you go to our Patreon page and subscribe, it's only a dollar dollar a month. You can get early access to the shows because they're, they're banked and they're spread out, so you'll get all of them right away. Yeah, you guys have any other parting wisdom you learned from this episode? Always listen to the old man in the cave. Never question. Just don't listen. don't smash your computers. <clears throat> don't shit where you eat. Yep, and don't drink the water. I'd say don't listen to James Coburn. I, I would never listen to James Coburn. I, mean, I, I think would just he's look dead, at him but... and say, "You're you're not Lee Marvin. Go away with your Men in Black shades." He's what so much he better Lee than Lee Marvin. Cleef? What if he was Lee Van Cleef? I'm Lee Van Cleef. He's pretty cool. I, I would I would sit and listen to Lee Van Cleef for a while. I'd probably have a drink with him, even though I'm like I don't drink. I would still have a drink with him. Talk to you. Lee Van Cleef was in the same episode as Lee Marvin, The Grave. Yep. So we got both of them there, and Lee Van Cleef has almost no role. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's a good actor, and he has nothing to do in that episode. But he would, he, dude, him being Lee Van Cleef is enough for me. He, yep. He's the bad. What more do you need? Lee Van Cleef's the, the fucking man. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And that was his best role next to Escape from New York. Next to Ninja Master, part one and two. <laughs> <laughs> you said Ninja Master. Now there's a deep cut. Holy shit. Yeah. That, that was one of my favorite episodes of Mystery Science ever. Holy shit. Yeah, Ninja Master, <laughs> one and two. Oh, my God. Yeah, those are something. Him and, uh, what's his name? Uh, the fat dude. <laughs> that guy. His yeah. son. Oh, God. Dom DeLuise's son. What's his Dom first DeLuise? name? Dom DeLuise, yeah. What's his first name? Uh, like Tim DeLuise or something. 
Anyway, Frank, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Um, I Yeah, I guess we did what we learned. Until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I am Frank Lynx. Oh, man, I'm Wilcox. He's Frank Clementine Lynx, to be fair. Squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So long, citizens.